0: The people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio
1: Tab.
2: They approach the bend. Dawn strikes well clear, but starting to feel the pinch comes to the turn. 3.50 to go about four lengths to Bold Kingston, four lengths to Battle. They were followed by Eero getting to the middle of the track. Then came Springthorpe as they get down to the 200. Bold Kingston and Battle stride to the front together. Eero's running on well. It's on the inside Bold Kingston the leader. Battle's trying to peg it back. Bold Kingston in front of Battle. Bold Kingston in front for Aiden Holland. Bold Kingston gets home a length and a half to battle third hero then came bold zip who rattled home from a long way back and behind those next time was dawn strike followed by lincoln fury
3: yes bold kingston for the holts aiden and georgie combining to take out saturday's hillary group which sunday cup over the 1470 meters there at bowen on the weekend as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on radio tab rounding up all of the country news News is, uh, well, a little bleak in some parts where we didn't get some races underway on the weekend but brighter in others because we haven't lost any of the missed out heats of the qualifiers for the Battle of the Bush and we'll tell you more about that as we roll through the show this morning with news on the Bowen qualifier as well as the Innisfail qualifier on the weekend and we'll also touch on what happened on Mount Heiser Cup Day on Saturday. Lots of news to get through and as always helping us out with lots of news this is Rob Luck joining us on Bushbeat. G'day Rob.
0: Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners, and great to hear that win of bowl Kingston in the Sunday Cup, the family affair of Georgie Holt and Aidan Holt back in the saddle, and it's the first run for the stable, so plenty of excitement and two wins from two at the distance. Um, Tony, I'm just going to test your knowledge here and cast your mind back because Bushbeat's been going for so many years but a quick shout out before I do forget this morning you may remember in our early days we often had some written correspondence come in and Warwick was one of our main sources and I had a visit from our correspondent out of Warwick uh, that I had never met before and I was only thinking the other day I couldn't think of this, this gentleman's name at the time and lo and behold on Sunday when I got to work Walked up to me and said, "I'm Roger. Do you remember?"
3: No, no. Gee, i testing my memory. I know we, remember, <laughs> we used to get the the news from Barry FitzHenry at Gimpy. Graham and I yes. used to help us out with some of the the, the border region stuff down around Gundawindi. Um, I'm trying to think.
0: Yeah. You've done well. You've done well to get that far because yeah. Roger Kavanagh.
3: Roger Kavanagh, yes. Mind you, we have been doing this for 17 years.
0: Yes, exactly right. <laughs> but it was wonderful to catch up with Roger, and I hope he's listening this morning. He said he listens every week and was he's doing a trip, as many people do in the Outback, and uh, probably rugged up with the cooler weather. But mm. uh, Roger used to regularly send in uh, some really great written reports uh, when he was teaching in uh, the Warwick area and all the Warwick races. So lovely that people do... Ch- drop into Barker's News Agency and catch up with me, Tony, and refresh my memory as well.
3: Yeah, that's fantastic. (laughs) Wonderful to be able to uh, reacquaint yourself and, and meet Roger for the first time.
0: Exactly right, but... As you mentioned in the intro, Tony, there's uh, meetings that have been lost over the weekend. I just wanted to touch on that before we continue on with our profiling of the Battle of the Bush uh, heat winners. And look, I'm just going to use the long-reach example uh, from the weekend as an example. And this is no reflection on clubs or comments that I make uh, because I think there's a couple of things we've got to realise in regard to meeting postponements. And I'd just like to run through for our listeners what actually is involved. And let's start with the premise that... Clubs, when they have a race meeting, it can vary. Uh, It could be a day, a big day in terms of sponsors, in terms of the events they got planned, or it might be a normal uh, race meeting. It might be a tab versus a non-tab meeting brings different things into place. Tracks are different. You've got dirt tracks that can be sand, that can be clay-based, and you've got grass tracks. But there's a real process that does take place. And uh, I think every club has the goal, if we can move meetings, if we can... um, not lose the meeting for the industry's purposes, that becomes the goal. Now, look, in Longreach's case, a couple of weeks ago, we had a meeting from uh, Aramac transferred to us that did go to Barcaldon, but the conditions were totally different because you could make the decision about three or four days out, get everything organised, and so, as a result, a movement took place. We were really looking forward to this meeting here because, for so Friday, the track was perfect after nearly two weeks of drying weather and it needed that amount of time. And out of nowhere around six o'clock, we started to get showers that later in the night developed into um, into rain uh, that caused 11 mils of rain on the track. Now, I even had my brother in Mackay sort of jokingly say to me the next morning, well, why would 11 mils matter? Well, when you've got a clay-based track, it does. It becomes very sticky. It becomes very uh, gluey. And as a result, the process then kicks into place. And I know President Andrew Watts was right onto this from the word go. And one of the first key things uh, is the communication with Racing Queensland via Cole Truscott. he uh, was making sure Cole knew, hey, we've got a bit of an issue here that could arise and we don't want people travelling. We don't want them being halfway here or getting here and having to cancel. And that can vary with the conditions of, of meetings. So the decision comes down to you can sometimes have a wet track and be safe to race but then you can have wet tracks and be not safe to race so by 6 a.m saturday uh, our we're fortunate our track curator is a trainer in mark Oates he also rides the track every day uh, our president invite one of the vice presidents was out there oh, i wasn't it was too early at six o'clock <laughs> but uh, they made an early call to coal trust we're not viable for saturday so what's the next logical step the next logical step was weather conditions look good, Sunday is possible. So as a result, the text went out, the phone calls were immediate. I think uh, Watsey was able to catch Sean Royce, for example, up in the northwest just leaving. But that link to Cole Truscott was vital uh, for this decision-making and the communication. As a result, you get the phantom meeting approval taking place. As a result, we're fortunate, Tony. We have a steward who's based in Longreach in Kerry McCracken, so she was on track because of phantom meeting uh, requirements, something I learned. And the weather report was very favourable for Sunday, now, the curic side of things, I think, comes into play here. I think it'd be great if Curic can really closely look at these circumstances. Kerry was on course. It was easy to be here. But sometimes when you know these conditions might be going to crop up, you need to be there a day early. You need to be prepared so this communication can actually take place. But look, as the day went on, we had good weather. It was... The a nice wind blowing. It looked good. The track and the home straight looked good. But there had to be a proper track inspection and involved the work with uh, with Mark Oates' input, um, Kerry and uh, Watsey and uh, a few others walked the track for about an hour. I was there watching as I was watching some races. Um, so around 3pm, they checked all the points of concerns. There was discussion about some distance changes, for example. There was water on outside sections of the track. And that impacted on well how do you get the barriers to move in that particular part without everything becoming a bog and then leading to a meeting cancellation and as a result you also needed to realize the back straight was too wet for racing and so it needed perfect weather conditions and a perfect weather report to ensure sunday was a goer the weather report was more about cloudy so were we wet and safe to race at that point no were we wet um and not safe? Yes, we were not safe to race. That back straight was too wet. So by five o'clock, we had a decision relayed um, to race in Queensland. No, we couldn't race. Please ensure everyone is advised. And that way you don't have any of the problems where people are turning up. But unfortunately, it does mean you can't then just quickly move something like we've been able to do with the great cooperation we have with uh bar because you've got things like ambulances the bar one is owned by the showgrounds you've got to have the communication going there i mean there's so many things to consider there vets licenses sponsors etc um so then comes the next decision well can your meeting be saved for the industry which i think is a very important stage and there's if you like, a free Saturday for the Central West in June the 18th, but the cons- the consideration is still going on for this particular weekend, June the 18th, because things have got to be viable in terms of jockeys. It's got to avoid clashing with other regions, etc., and other feature race days happening, and as a result, it is under the, under the microscope at the moment, as I speak, that um, the meeting will possibly look at that weekend, but we might be looking at a Sunday option for a transferred meeting, uh, so that you don't get Uh, pressure on existing scheduled meetings so all of that is part of the process Tony I just think it's wise that people realize what goes on behind the scenes as to the clubs uh, holding these events it's not an immediate thing that can just take place or an immediate easy solution but um, the good thing is we we are moving now we can see clubs taking up the offer of Sunday options and I know that's a consideration our club is looking at at our committee meeting tonight. So... Um It'll be. Uh, it's just important, I think, to realise, and and then you get you know your TAB meetings that uh, come along, and unfortunately they get called off. But you, with a TAB meeting, you're trying to really protect that extra income, aren't you, um, for the whole industry?
3: Yeah, that was the case yesterday with Angul. Unfortunately, after 12 mils of rain overnight, that big heavy rainstorm that made its way through Central Queensland and headed out to sea, they uh, put a couple of horses over the track. Everything was a okay to go ahead with their TAB program yesterday. Uh, went out with a heavy 8-track rating. Jockeys rode in the first race and said, no, there's some areas there of concern. Safety is the big thing, Rob. Uh, Safety is paramount. And unfortunately, we lost the balance of that program there yesterday. And that was the situation, too, on the weekend with Cunnamulla. Now, we're in a bit of a pickle at the moment because Charleville's out of action. So we weren't able to relocate that Cunnamulla program back to Charleville. This may have originally been a Charleville meeting. I can't remember. There's been that many changes. Uh, Same sort of process. They tried to move Cunnamulla from Saturday to Sunday. Unfortunately, Sunday had to be uh, postponed again following a track inspection in the morning that uh, determined the track wouldn't recover sufficiently to allow racing on Sunday because surface water was still in places on the track. And, yes, a replacement meeting uh, has been uh, organised, so it's not lost to the region. And, yes, it's going to be a Sunday. Cunnamulla and District Diggers Race Club will race this Sunday, June 12, featuring the uh, Battle of the Bush qualifier. And we're going to see a few of these Battle of the Bush qualifiers relocated because we did lose three there on the weekend, uh, with the, uh, the meetings at Cunnamulla, Gundawindi and uh, Longreach all missing out. We had uh, a couple of heats there at uh, Cunnamulla and Gundawindi. So we've got a heat on this coming Saturday at Ganda, uh, one at Injun. That's the uh, the southwest one that's been relocated there after we uh, lost uh, a meeting around the place. The Gundawindi one has been transferred to Toowoomba, which I think is a great move to add that to Saturday's program. And uh, also a heat at uh, Bar Calden. And then the final heat is going to be that Sunday at Cunnamulla.
0: And that takes it a step further because the loss of the uh, the heat at Thangool yesterday. The important thing about the Battle of the Bush, Tony, is that the conditions have been set for this particular... Uh, event and you have two heats per region. And I, I was really pleased to see that a, a club like Murrumbah put uh, putting their hands up and say, look, we can handle a heat, we can handle a heat. But unfortunately, Murrumbah is in the Leichhardt region. Um, Thangool is in the Capricorn region. And you've already had the two heats in Leichhardt. And uh, of course, the nominations that went through to Thangool were more predominant with the Capricorn region. So it's very difficult to immediately change the conditions of a whole series. And But let's remember, they will review the Battle of the Bush series after each after each final each year. Uh, but this is the first time in 10 years that we've had an abandonment of any meeting mm. due to rain, which is a wonderful thing for the drought areas. And uh, so, therefore, under the current conditions, they revert back to looking at the heat out of Capricorn, which was Emerald, and look at the second and third place getter. And that's the reasoning behind that. It's the the, the difference in regions... Whereas Gundawindi, there happened to be a meeting at Toowoomba already on, so it could be transferred to Toowoomba. Even though it's referred to as Toowoomba, it's really the Gundawindi heat, Tony. And uh, look, there's all these implications, but everyone is working behind the scenes to do their, their darndest to make sure this all benefits the total industry.
3: We're going to uh, talk more about Battle of the Bush now as we get to our first guest this morning and also look back at uh, continuation of that Bowen program from Saturday, the Battle of the Bush Bowen qualifier taken out by such a wit.
2: Up to the 500, Hit Snooze trying to make every post a winner. Two and a half lengths in front and second, Ancient Echoes about to clear the fence and come after the leader. Then came Mashani Rebel. They were followed by Mason's Chance and further back was my best effort, Fratellino comes to the outside. 200 to go, Hit Snooze is the leader. It's Hit Snooze out out by a length on the outside, Ancient Echoes coming through such a wit near the inside. My best efforts getting up on the rails. Mason's chances right down the outside. My best effort getting through with such a wit, such a wit in front, and such a wit, such a wit's got up to win from a close finish between Mason's chance deep out over on the inside. My best effort and deeper on the track was Fratellino. They were yes, followed by Ancient Echoes. Hits Collins news died, and, uh, he finished well back.
3: Uh, qualifying and to there in the uh, Battle of the, the, the Bush Bowen qualifying. Uh, defeating Mason's Chance for Olivia Cairns and my best effort for Megan Purvis and Rob, uh, our first guest this morning Josh Mantleman, is with us on Bushbeat
0: Yeah, good morning to you Josh Welcome to Bushbeat, congratulations on such a wit and even though he might have been the outsider in the field at $13 you've had a plan for this horse because you started him in the home hill heat and you had him in Thangul yesterday so congratulations on the win at Bowen
1: Thank you and good morning to you both, yes I've had A plan with him from the start of the year to get him into these heats and take him out bush, get him there, and I picked out. I only really picked out Home Hill and Bowen for him in the qualifying heats, and then when he didn't go any good in Home Hill, I thought I'll back him up in Dangar if he doesn't win in Bowen. So thank God he got it in Bowen.
0: It was a close finish with only two lengths over them. What what were your Confidence levels like uh, going in because he's an open company horse by Whittington and he's won from a thousand to thirteen hundred. But maybe the form lines of recent time reflected in the thirteen dollar price.
1: Yeah, see, I wasn't overly confident in him because he likes to get back and he's had a couple of goes at Bowen before. He ran home, I think it was first up this prep um, in Bowen and he ran home well, but he hasn't really shown much since then at the bush tracks I don't know if he really handles travelling to be honest but when he started to come through them he went well hit the line hard so it was good
0: yeah, came from the back of the field, uh, as we heard, with great call as always from Tony. You, you mentioned about the travelling aspect with him. Well, the trip to Brisbane, obviously you're in the final, uh, which is great to see, and he adds that dimension. As I said, he's won on soft tracks. He's won 1,000 or 1,300, so distance shouldn't be a problem. He comes from the back. Um, how do you plan now the trip to Brisbane, Josh? Uh,
1: I'll probably, de- To be honest, I'll probably head down on the Tuesday beforehand, give him a couple of days down there let him unwind and have a bit of fun in the paddock while he's down there before he goes to Eagle Farm for the final.
0: And when you look at the field I mean he might have been the outsider but Mason's chances won a Battle of the Bush he won the inaugural one and Hit Snooze is already a qualifier so there is a, a depth aspect to this particular field.
1: Yeah there is see he's as good as any of the other horses in it to be honest he just needs to turn up and race like he did on Saturday, and he'll be riding it at the
3: finish.
0: Yeah, this is the case with some of these, what do you call them, enigmatic gallopers. Do they always show up as they get a bit older? But look at his record overall, 34 starts. He's had eight wins and eight minor placings. So, um, and he's only been, what, an addition to your stable uh, originally with Trinity Bannon, was he?
1: Yeah, so he was with Trin well, all of his career until I think I got him in September last year.
0: And the record with you since then, you mentioned he goes pretty well at Bowen, but uh, he's been in the provincial level company most of his other runs.
1: Yeah, so I had him, I was racing in Matt McCoy most of his starts. And then I seen the Battle of the Bush and I thought, why not give him a go? So I've been taking him out to Bowen and Home Hill. And I think I took him down to Fingul where he got beaten the nose. So I thought I'd just take him back to the tracks that he knows and
3: give it a crack. One box that I think he ticks for you, Josh, is the fact that he's got pretty good grass track form. He's been up and down the coast at the provincial uh, venues there at home at Mackay and also up to Townsville and down to Rocky. Even started off his uh, career with uh, the Chris Munts stable and raced the Gold Coast and the Sunshine Coast. And that's always been a little bit of a worry, I think, for some of these uh, contenders that go into the final on the grass at Eagle Farm when most of their career has been on the sand or the dirt. Yeah, so that
1: good. likes the... He likes the grass a lot better than he likes the dirt. That's for sure. I took him out to Bar and he didn't want a bar of it. So we know he likes the grass, which is good. And the final's on the grass, so.
0: And it's good he adds that dimension that I've been mentioning in recent weeks, we've got some real standout horses that have been there, done it, and they're back again, and we've got some real up-and-comers, and he's a new one on the scene, as are you, Josh. Uh, your training career has been underway for about four or five years, and I know our listeners are used to the name John Manzeman, and uh, I think the relationship there is um, you're the son of a cousin of John, so we we clear that one up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you've only been in the game four or five years? Yeah, so
1: see, all like dad and all them had trotters when we were younger and then mum's side of the family the cooks in rocky they've been in the racing game all their life as well so i'm in it and i've decided to take up um thoroughbred so give it a go so i've been doing it for four years much to dad's disgust he didn't really want me to get into the training because he knew how hard it was when he had the trotters back when they were racing in Mackay and that. But I think he's just given up on that now. He just lets (laughs) me do what I want to do.
0: So he'll be on the trip to Brisbane, I take it?
3: Yes, he's coming. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a a big team of owners to look after as well. Does the decision on the jockey for Brisbane for the final come down to you or do you have to go back to the owners conglomerate?
1: Uh, I'll talk to the owners and see what they want to do and who they want to put on as well and... Yeah, we'll
0: go from there. Well, you're in the final. You've got a live chance. Uh, the travel plans are organised. Your dad's on the way with you. Uh, congratulations again on the win at Bowen. And we look forward to the performance of Such a Wit when it comes final day. Well done, Josh. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
3: Good on you, Josh. Josh Bantleman, the trainer of Such a Wit, qualifying for the Battle of the Bush final with the win at Bowen on the weekend, Rob, we touched on the Sunday Cup for Bold Kingston. Bonnie Thompson had a bit of a day out of the Bowen meeting there Saturday with a riding double.
0: Yeah, Bonnie certainly uh, did. She had a winner with Supreme Prince for Greg Hitmock, a uh, six-year-old by Supreme Class, being in the money at last four, defeated Kat in the rain and Secure in the Class B, and that was a race-to-race. No, it wasn't. It was race two, Rob, the other one. Uh, and if you're talking about the Mansellman family, Tracy Simmons, uh, sister to John, uh, trained legal chance with the uh, the spirit of boom, gelding Bonnie Road, that over Kinky Dreams and Madam Jane. We mentioned uh, Georgie Holt and Adam, Aiden Holt with their win. John Mansellman actually started the program off with a newcomer for him, Justin Stanley on board, so fired up, an ex-Kelly Schweda a uh, runner that's been near the money at its last two by shooting the win, defeated he is Woody, and Armageddon a flyer. And the other winner key winners on the day there were Gedanks. Now, this is a, one of the first up winners for Megan Purvis, now settled in uh, Townsville. Pietro Romeo on board the Dissident, defeated Cheyenne Beach, and as you would. But uh, the name Manselman, uh very strongly across that program up there in Bowen, as we heard Josh with the winner of the Battle of the Bush Heat, and John, with the first winner on the program, but uh, John Mansman was far and wide because he was also in Innisfail where he picked up his second finalist for the Battle of the bush final You're
1: about four hundred to travel. And it's the grey Ella Boots, the only girl in the event, the little mare, she straightens up a couple of lengths. Nadir Shah in hot for shoot. Danny's ruler's off the fence and now starting, they're coming right down the outside is Revanire, right down the outside, and Hard Yaga's trying to get up on the inside, Ella Boots in front, it's Navilla going for four. Ella Carola Boots still in front, Revanire and Danny's ruler. Ella Boots, Wondersome, Navilla the wizard gets four. Ella Boots first. Uh, there's a photo for thirders of all of them, including Nara Shah, Danny's ruler,
3: outright was Revenire. Robert, as Forsyth said in the, the Call, The Wizard of the North, Wanderson Davila with Wonderson four the for the day there Australia. at the Innisfail Turf Club program. Uh, Wanderson had five rides, four wins, and a fourth out of those five for the afternoon basically taking the first four races, including the Innisfar Qualifier there on Ella Beach.
0: And I think this is not the first time he picked up a winning ride for Amanda Thompson, who wasn't available at the meeting. An Evil Woman was the first of those, where he took the cutest money for Ralph Baker. Then he backed up with Elby Molino and She's Marvellous, uh, both at very good odds. That one was at $51. Then with Freddie Whelan on Yoshai Toranaga, the one well 5 five-year-old gelding. And, of course, as we just heard, uh, for Johnny Mansman, Ella Beach over the stablemate, Revenia, and Denny's ruler into third. And welcome to the program again, John Mansman. The last time you were on, you said you had other members of the team. You were keen to get to the final. You've done it again, mate, two in the final yet again with Ella Beach and Raiden. Congratulations. Thank you, Robbie. Good morning. Yeah, good morning to you, John. Now, Ella Beach... Um, she was basically i think a class four horse going into this race but she again is developing a good strong record 950 to 1200 and you've taken her from a maiden to now a class five i mightn't have that last bit right but she's had the five wins for you uh and she likes this front running uh, ability um take us through the run on the weekend and and your assessment of her performance
4: um, she, she's a very honest little mare mate, um, probably, probably not as good as the likes of VJ Day and Toddy's horse, but, um, she's in her in her right grade, she's very honest and she tries her guts out.
0: She's an on pace runner, John, I've noticed uh, most of the time, is that, that the likely way that even in a final with, with the depth of field that we're likely to get, that uh, depending on draws, um, that'll be her natural way to race?
4: You would say so, um. Obviously, it's a massive step up going from Innisfail to Eagle Farm,
0: but um,
4: that's what she likes, and if she draws well, we'll we'll put her there.
0: She's uh, been around the traps of late. She was a third at Birdsville, four starts back. Um, She won her first four for you uh, in the stable. She seems to get this pattern of wins going, and obviously going to Birdsville, uh, travel isn't a concern for her? No, I,
4: most of my horses get around a little bit. So um, uh, that'll be the least of our worries. It's, it's probably ability is our, is our biggest worry going in against the good horses.
3: Rob, that could be the understatement of the year, couldn't it, from uh, the man that probably travels more kilometres across the countryside <laughs> than any other to say most of my horses travel okay?
0: <laughs> exactly right, Uh John's, uh, as we all know, a tremendous supporter of country racing. But Ella Beach is owned uh, by an owner for you. I think it's Mr. McKinnon. Um, he'd be pretty keen to be at final day on, at uh, Eagle Farm.
4: Yeah, Terry McKinnon, he he bred this filly. He actually just sent me some photos of her as a foal the other day. So he's very proud of her and, and uh, very excited that she's heading back to Brisbane. And um, uh, a chance to go in for fantastic money in the final and she's cutest as well, so she gets the chance to go for the big bonuses.
0: That's an important thing to remember the cutest bonus that comes in this final and uh, look, John Revenier rushed home into second and and we all know that the uh, final field the composition, it's possible you could end up with three. Uh, Have you had the case before of having at least two runners in a final?
4: Yeah, a couple of times we've got a a couple of runners in the final, so I'm very proud of that fact that we've been in every final so far, and we want to keep keep that tradition up.
0: It'll all come down to draws. We know you, particularly with Raiden, haven't had the best of luck, and and just with Raiden, um, I noticed he was nominated for a couple of them and didn't accept on the weekend. Part of the plan, obviously, uh, all going well. And where does he? How does he prepare now for the final two weeks?
4: He'll go to Bar this weekend. Over a thousand. He was just probably just that little bit short of fitness last weekend, so. We gave that a miss, and, and we'll head
0: to Moorambah this week. So, back on the sand out there on the on the track at Moorambah, it doesn't seem to worry him. Uh, he's a time-honoured warrior, um, but uh, great result for the stable um, up there on the weekend. Getting the Quinella in that uh, particular Battle of the Bush heat out of Innisfail. Uh, congratulations to, again to you, John, um, making the trek to Brisbane. And great to hear these owners are so excited to be going there because there's no better feeling, I think, than uh, when they hit the top of the straight. We all saw it the very first Battle of the Bush where the the crowd and the stand just erupted. And I don't think people in Brisbane had uh, seen that for quite some time. You were there, I think, at the time. It's it's a magnificent feeling, isn't it?
4: Oh, of course. We... we um... As you know, we haven't got the, the star horses. And when we do get the chance to go there to to represent our uh, different areas of the state, it's very exciting and, and an honour, actually. So um, I'm very proud of the fact.
0: We wish you well in Brisbane, Aller Beach and Raiden. Now it all comes down to barrier draws. And, of course, jockeys, I take it, Wanderson has put his hand up after such a good riding performance up there four in a row.
4: Yeah, he did. Um but that'll be up to Terry to make that decision. Um, Obviously, he's got everyone in the state to pick from, so um, I'll leave that job to him. (laughs)
0: That's a good decision to uh, pass that one on. Uh, Congratulations again, John, and uh, good luck with the races coming up this weekend at Murrumbaa. Good on you, mate. Thank you.
3: John Manselman with us on Bushby this morning. Rob, we'll have a look at those that have qualified so far shortly, but just wrap up the rest of the Innisfail meeting there for us, including the uh, latest leg of the uh, Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Far North Queensland Up and Coming Stairs Series.
0: Yeah, I should have also mentioned uh, in the race prior to that, the Class B, John had Milky Rocket, uh, the Palomino Thoroughbred that just went down in a tight or oh, fairly close finish, but Lord of Light for Ricky Ludwick and Frankie Edwards was too strong. They spilled the beans three-year-old gelding in the money at its last three at Townsville, so uh, odds on favourite over Milky Rocket and Jesco. And that race you mentioned with the uh, the Stayers benchmark 60. Maria Petiris and James Baker. Good to see James back in the air. It might be close to his first win. Um, first or second since he's been up in North Queensland with Super Rose, a four year old by Super One. Two wins, three pacings, his last five in really good form over Craigley Simo. And uh, Manzaneta with Let's Talk a Deal into fourth. And, of course, you are the keeper of the series. So the point score will be coming through now, Tony.
3: Yeah, we've got three legs to go. Atherton on the 18th of June. Uh, Oak Park on the 2nd of July. And the last leg will be Cairns on the 12th of July. As far as the jockeys are concerned, with that win there on the weekend at James Baker uh, jumps up into equal third placing. At the moment, it's Pietro Romeo on six points. Lacey Morrison on five. James and uh, Stephen Wilson Share third placing with four points apiece. As far as the trainers are concerned, uh, Trevor Rowe now jumps into eight points and leads Kristen Allender from uh, seven points. And then we go back to five points for Maria Petiris with that win on the weekend. And the horses tally, uh, Craig Lee Simo, with a bunch of placings and a win at Mount Garnet, now leads the total on eight points. Ahead of Love Flies on seven. And then we go back to Super Rose on five. And still with plenty of points to be found at Atherton, Oak Park and Cairns for the last three legs of the up-and-coming stairs.
0: Because it's not the only series that's taking place, Tony. And uh, it's good to know that even though the Outback Showcase series are in the northwest and the central-west with the long reach Abandonment. Uh, Cole Truscott sent me through some the point schedule there. I was just curious about what happened there but each of the uh, acceptors uh, received a point uh, given that there's no replacement uh, running of that but of course there was a showcase heat and it was run at Mount Isa and a tremendous old horse for Stephen Royce in Loud Enough was the winner. They come into
2: the straight. Not much pace has been on Loud Enough and now Rebel Salute goes to the inside. Fabra Dukes County and the Night Train. Loud Enough and Rebel Salute settle down to fight it out. Loud Enough gets in front of Rebel Salute. Can he lift? Loud Enough gets away. Loud Enough is good enough. Loud Enough is far too good. And Loud Enough gets the money from Rebel Salute. Flying home, the night train may have pinched it from Jukes County. Then came Favre disappointing in the night.
3: Yes, Loud Enough now. Rob has won three legs uh, all about Isa for the uh, 2022 Outback Racing Showcase series and uh, is way out in front on 30 points uh, ahead of Gypsy Biker sitting on 14. I Want to Be a Jeep is also on 14 points. And uh, then we go back to Level 8 sitting on 13 points. Uh, As far as the uh, points tally goes for the Outback Racing Showcase Series, and as you say, all of the acceptors there from Longreach all picked up a point from the weekend.
0: Yeah, and uh, look, another exciting uh, race call coming through for that particular heat, and loud enough Stephen Royce and Dan Ballard, this nine-year-old by Benicio. Now, that's 19 wins and 33 placings for 86 starts, and... um He's had at the track eight wins and and eight minor placings from 18. So he's a grand old performer, this nine-year-old. And as you said, Tony, he's won his last three there, all the, the heats, and he's dominating there. Rebel salutes a horse on the way up, and he went out as odds-on favourite, so a very close run to only be beaten by one and three-quarter lengths for Damien Finter. But I found it interesting, too, that uh, the meeting produced another gun performance from Dan Ballard uh, with a double on the day and of course uh, his other winner came for Justin Borden in the race prior on fingertips and his cutest Marazara, in really good form two wins and two placings at its last four uh, with the maiden win included in that and defeated Deadly Diva another cute, cutest runner for Damien Finter and in Injustice but Tony that put Dan in the situation in the Premiership jumping into second place with 35 points Rick McMahon with 40 and of course Rick with the uh of that meeting at Longreach, uh, no opportunity to ride. So he's sitting on forty, down on thirty-five. We're coming down to the last three or four weeks in June, for the end of the season. Jeff Felix back on thirty-three, Brooke Richardson thirty-two. So, uh, and with Jeff Felix travelling all the way around the place, you just never know what could happen with that um, that jockeys uh, premiership there. Another close battle, and of course, when you look at the Mount Isa meeting, Tanya Parry. Uh, Had a Quinella on the day uh, with uh, race two, the maiden plate, Mayari. Gregory Walters riding this one home, another your song, Philly. Been in the money at its last three, defeated Volcanic in the appointed time. Gave Tanya uh, Tanya Parry the Quinella with volcanic now tenure in the trainers premiership jumps one ahead of todd austin of course todd knock didn't have the meeting on the weekend so tenure's on 45 todd's on 44 so that really is a race in two down to the line for the end of the season it's great to see this competitiveness through the end of the season um and talking of jeff felix he had a win with denise ballard on latin days a poet's voice and great to hear ann webber had a parents down here at longreach and uh, mr and mrs webber uh i think the the journey was on mr webber wanted to go back to mount isa to watch it race but mrs webber said no we're staying uh he was very happy because he stayed away and as a part owner he got the win and he was having a win on the punt as well he told me during the afternoon so great to see ann's parents down here at the phantom meeting with Under the Spotlight in second and The Brotherhood in third. And Jay Morris has this horse going extremely well. Cato, Stat- Statue of Liberty, five-year-old. Uh, out of 12 starts at the track. Four wins, three placings. Sixth win from 34. Three wins from its last four. Defeated that grand old horse in Wicked Wiki, who has an outstanding record at Mount Isa. And level eight into third place. And that gave Noor Yardy the winner there. And, uh, the yeah, that wrapped up the whole meeting there. So some good results coming there in terms of the Outback Showcase Heats uh, final, uh, which is coming up at McKinlay in uh, two weekends time, and particularly in terms of those premierships, Tony, with Tanya Parry and Todd Austin fighting it out, and Rick McMahon and Dan Ballard, the likely uh, finalists there, uh, right down to the line at the end of the season.
3: Yes, the McKinley Cup 1500 metre Open Handicap will be the uh, final of the 2022 Racing Queensland Outback Racing Showcase Series. We've been fascinated following that along the way got a couple of weeks before we uh, get back as well to the next uh, leg of the uh, burn it to the beach series Uh, that doesn't come around until Gympie's meeting coming up on the 18th of june and then the last leg will be at the nango on the 25th of june but of course we've been focusing on the battle of the bush uh, all the way through this morning and right over the last couple of weeks or so Uh, unfortunately as you said rob we've uh, lost a few of the uh, the qualifying heats quite incredible when you look back at it that all the way back to the first weekend when Burran Down was called off. The second weekend, we lost Bundaberg and Quilpie, as well as Jandawi. Uh Then on the third weekend of heats, uh, the Nanango meeting wasn't able to go ahead. We then lost subsequent heats at, uh, at Quilpie, at Cunnamulla, at Gundawindi and yesterday at Thanggool. So now we've got uh, five heats to come. This Saturday, it'll be Gainda in June Bar Calden and Toowoomba. And then on Sunday at Cunnamulla, uh, and the important news that we need to pass on to everybody, Cole Truscott asked us if we could remind uh, all of the uh, connections, owners and trainers, nominations for the Battle of the Bush final close at 11am next Monday, June 13. Trainers must nominate through Racing Australia. You can't just say, well, I've won a heat, I'm in the final. No, you must nominate. Acceptances close 10am Wednesday, June 15th as much as the uh, the final, of course, doesn't come up until Tatsday State Eagle Farm on the 25th of June. I think everyone's getting used to how we do this now that the acceptances are actually like two weeks out almost uh, just to be able to ensure that everyone yep. has uh, enough time to be able to make their travel plans and everything like that. So acceptances are 10am Wednesday, June 15, but most importantly, nominations for the Battle of the Bush final close 11am next Monday, June 13.
0: And I know we've been using those words that the, um, they've been abandoned, these things, but what a great effort that only out of all those uh, those lost meetings and changes, there was only that one heat coming out of Thangool where no opportunity within that region to give them their two heats. There's only, in the history of the Battle of the Bush so far, that's the first time that we've uh, actually lost a heat totally, but good cooperation going on to ensure that a heat is run in the relevant regions. And, Tony, for our listeners, if you haven't had an opportunity to get on to uh, reading and social media, etc., the long-term funding secured for Queensland Racing, go on the Queensland Racing website, Racing Queensland website, and the funding announcement that came through, and we hope down the track that Brendan Parnell will be able to come on after we get through Battle of the Bush, et cetera, and, and just detail what has happened with the ability of Racing Queensland now with the injection of, um, of funding uh, due to the point of consumption tax where RQ has secured 80% of the receipts to help fund the, the industry, it's going to make a, an absolute um, difference to everything down from TAB racing to country racing. And uh, we'll welcome Brendan on when he becomes available just to detail that for us. But if you get the opportunity, go and read the detail on the Racing Queensland website, and it's a pretty exciting future, I think, lies ahead. So that was wonderful news as well.
3: There's plenty of balloting conditions, of course, for the final. I don't want to go through them all in full, but in a nutshell, winners of individual qualifiers are automatically ballot-exempt. And if a winner, if a horse wins two or more qualifiers, it's deemed to have qualified in the first of those wins. I don't think we've seen that so far in the 2022 edition. The second and third place getters in individual qualifiers are the next in line. And uh, with her, a few of these legs... Uh, So far, uh, still to be decided. The field is going to be very interesting once we do get those nominations and acceptances next week. Out of Longreach, back on the 7th of May, Jarhead, Zillator and Awanichi were the place-getters. The same day, the qualifier at Band Isa saw Raiden defeat Wicked Wiki and All About Me. On May 14 at Mariba, Hits News beat Danny's Ruler and Hard Yaga. At Home Hill on the 21st of May, it was a Moody Bay ahead of Mashani Rebel and night Attire. Awanichi won the uh, the Emerald Heat, defeating Beware and High Harry on May 21. At Chinchilla on the 28th of May, it was VJ Day, defeating Striking Princess and Dynamic Verse. Cloncurry Heat on the 28th of May saw Star of O'Reilly successful over Teddy Mercury and Wicked Wiki. At Nanango on the Sunday program on the 29th, Moschini defeated Cappuccino and See For Yourself. And as we've heard this morning at uh, Bowen on Saturday. Such a Wit was successful over Mason's Chance and My Best Effort. And at Innisfail, it was Ella Beach over Reveneer and Danny's Ruler. So there's a couple there that uh, have qualified uh, either by winning, like Arwanichi at Emerald, or would have been a qualifier out of Longreach, Wicked Wiki in a similar sort of position. And I think Danny's Ruler might be the other one that's had a couple of uh, place-gettings there as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the nominations and what the acceptances look like when we get them through next week.
0: Yeah, very much so, Tony. And great to see that every one of those on the list are eligible. They meet all the conditions mm. and they're all eligible to go into the, uh, to be nominated. And and please take the nomination on and take it on board because you might end up, you find in previous years, you might end up second or third, but you end up in the field because of uh, other aspects coming into play where uh, winners, etc. maybe don't uh, go on. So we look forward to that. And we'll be back next week on uh, Bush Beat. If you've got stories to tell about country racing, email me at Barker's News at optusnet.com.au and we'll be counting down to uh, these final heats coming through on the weekend where we'll wrap up our profile of the winners leading into the final, Tony.
3: Good on you, Rob. Have a great week.
0: Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners.
3: Best of luck to all of the clubs that are racing this week. Tab meetings on Thursday at Mackay and Friday at Gatton, plus the two-year-old classic meeting at Townsville on Saturday. Battle of the Bush qualifiers, as we said, coming through on the weekend for the uh, meeting's at uh, Bar Calden, and In plus that uh, qualifier that's now going to be raced at Toowoomba. Uh, so we've got Gainda In June, Bar and uh, Toowoomba, then Cunnamulla on Sunday. Add into the mix as well this weekend, the uh, race programs coming through for Moranbar and Richmond. A busy weekend ahead. And we look forward to catching up with you next week on the show to round up all of the country news once again on Bushfeet here on Radio Tab.